electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Futures largely unfazed by this House impeachment inquiry and instead focused on trade as the president meets with Shinzo Abe of Japan today. We'll watch Nike, WeWork, Altria, Best Buy and more. Europe's catching up to our losses from yesterday. Oil's down nearly a buck. Our roadmap begins with the e-cig crackdown, hearings, investigations and sales limitations. Now the CEO of Juul is out and tobacco giants Philip. Morris and Altria call off their merger talks. Plus the political risk for stocks. Futures are pointing, as you saw, to a muted open as House Democrats move on impeachment and what the turmoil is going to mean for ongoing U.S.-China trade talks. And Nike shares rallying ahead of the opening bell after hitting an all-time high. New products driving sales and double-digit growth in China. Big news regarding Philip Morris International and Altria, though, the two companies deciding to end their merger talks. Meantime, Juul is announcing that Kevin Burns is stepping down as CEO. The e-cigarette maker says it will suspend all broadcast, print, and digital advertising in the United States as regulators have launched this crackdown on vaping products. Meantime, Altria tightens their guidance, Jim, uh, for the year, reaffirms domestic cigarette volume down five to six. Uh, but it does seem like Juul's entering a new chapter here as they try to get uh, FDA approval. Well, look, uh, FDA approval, I think, uh, if the FDA cares about. Where was Gottlieb on this? CNBC contributor. Why didn't you shut this thing down? I mean, we we can't even get cannabis passed in this country. But we let Juul go through? This is a very, this is a reckoning moment for Altria. The numbers were horrendous. It was a completely wasting asset. It was going the way of coal. Juul was the way out. And it's going to fail. And Philip Morris didn't want anything to do with you. I know you did a lot of putting Philip Morris. But. I did. Well, it was last Thursday when you and I were uh, on set at Delivering Alpha that my last update indicated, of course, the talks between Philip Morris and Altria uh, were going slower. Right. And that less progress is being made and that vaping and the recent moves to ban it in various places had figured in as a significant uh, factor in the talks. That only worsened over the right. last uh, few days. Right. Um, People close to the situation telling me when uh, when I'd reported it was maybe a 40 percent chance it would happen. Then it right. fell to a 10 percent chance. And then, of course, uh, it was yesterday, more or less, they decided this is over and done with. Uh, the key here, guys, as to why this deal is not happening now between Philip Morris uh, International and Altry is because, of course, of this recent move towards banning vaping in various sure. places. Um, now, remember, the Icos product is a heat not burn tobacco product. It's not vaping. Right. That is the Philip Morris International product that also is obviously they, they share with Altria here in the U.S. But they were looking at this merger as an opportunity to pursue what was the open window and in innovation in a more aggressive way. Right. And certainly that might have included other products and it would have included the relationship with Juul. It wasn't though about economics anymore. Even the 
declining value of the ownership that Altria has in Juul. It was about the inability to really see ahead here in terms of navigating this whole idea of new products and right. where things would go right. and how that would impact this combined company. So is it possible one day this deal comes back? Absolutely. But for now, they just couldn't get there. Well, Philip Morris is a growth company. Uh, was a growth company. Overseas, they smoke more than we do. Obviously, when the two, two companies split up, people may not remember, but one was supposed to be the growth vehicle and one was supposed to be the income vehicle. It's very hard to be an income vehicle when you're just every year a wasting asset. You're uh, a company that literally is losing customers. You know, customers keep dying uh, by age, and, and you can't find new customers because the country built a consensus against tobacco. And then suddenly they came up with a new way to upend the consensus to do it in a very sub-rosa way. And the, you know, they ran many, art, many ads saying, listen, we're not appealing to anyone under 21, which is a, what everyone knows is apparent. Well, if you want people to start, if you want under 21 to do it, well, you've got it. And I, I had been open-minded until I watched your documentary. And then post your documentary, I talked to many mothers, including people who have lost children, and that's close to home. And uh, you can't be objective. Your documentary made it so I could And these two things are not, they're connected, obviously. The Jewel change in leadership. Death and Jewel, they are. The Jewel change in leadership and the Altria Philip Morris uh, international talking them off. Burns' replacement is uh, Casey Crossweight, longtime Altria exec, whose title is Chief Strategy Growth Officer. So it does feel like they're going to try to make ICOS the new swing. And they're going to try to do it the right way uh, through Look, regulation that they, they managed to pass. I just want it to be Shantix. If you really feel it's a great way to be able to stop people from smoking, make it a prescription product, which is what Gottlieb should have done. Maybe Gottlieb was going to do it when he left. It's a natural. Yes, it, may, it means that Altria overpaid for Juul. But if Juul's that effective at getting people off tobacco, you make it like it can kill Shantix. It can do, be a very good product. It's just not worth what, they, what uh, Juul thought it was. And right. the Jewel people were, you know, I'm not saying that they were incredibly arrogant. I am saying that they genuinely believed that by having uh, cult flavors that were appealable uh, to children, but they said that you shouldn't use them with your children, they were very disingenuous. And Burns told in an interview, he said, listen, I have two kids. I don't want them to use Jewel. Well, great. How about my kids? All right. Uh, Thanks for your kids. How about my kids? Jewel did try to go on a bit of an apology tour, which began with our documentary in the spring. This is what Kevin Burns told us at the time. If we did this tour today with a parent, right, of a teen who'd been using or who had been addicted, how would you, how would you sort of defend all this, all this scale, all this production, all this growth? First of all, I tell them that I'm sorry that their child's using the product. It's not intended for them. Uh, I hope there was nothing that we did that made it appealing to them as a parent of a 16-year-old. I'm sorry for them, and I have empathy for them in terms of what the challenges are going through. So, just ended up being a bit too late here, Jim. Look, when Although I he did scale the business pretty. When I heard him say that, I mean, I watched your document many times, Carl. And when he said he had empathy for others, I don't want him to have empathy for others. I want him to stop killing them. And it was really rather amazing. Your documentary just laid it out. They were very smart, and you could put a subtext on everything, which is that, listen, we knew exactly what we're doing. Uh, and, you know, they came to us and they, all, they had all the charts. And I said, well, these charts clearly show that you could stop s- smoking by going to the FDA and getting a 
prescription license. But you can't make billions. You can't justify the valuation with that. But you know what? Sometimes you just got had. Altria got had. You did your documentary. You blew it open. You have a man who says he feels empathy for people he's killing. I mean, and by the way, it is killing. Can we just make that point? When, I, when, my, when my father-in-law died from it, it wasn't like he was, like, living. You see, he was dying. And, and, and I just still can't get over this stuff is happening and people are just... What has to happen to people to realize what this stuff does? Do you have to literally die yourself to understand? Is it really that? Is it really like that? I don't hey, know. I'm Thanks dead. I got killed by... Do you remember the ads that they used to have? They used to have the guy who was the DA against Perry Mason. He said, hi, I'm the... Uh, hey, King and I, Yul Brenner. Yeah. By the time you see this, I'm dead from smoking. Well, like, you know, how about we have some teenagers? By the time you see this, I'll be dead. What do we have to do? I'm sorry to be so angry about this. My, my wife lost a, a child, and it's a bad thing. I'm and I know that sounds really soporific, but it's true. Uh, no, and we know it is, Jim. Um, final thought on Altria and Philip Morris, specific to the performance of the stocks, remember, they embarked on this not necessarily to create efficiencies, but more so really as a recognition, some would say, that their business perhaps was weaker than their shareholder base even realized it was. And so there is a question here as to whether or not they're ever going to regain the lost market cap. Neither one, by the way, went up on this. Uh, at the end of right. the day, there was just a loss of market value because there seemed to be a dawning on the part of some shareholders that, wait a second, maybe it's a little tougher out there than we even think in terms of People giving up smoking, right. thankfully, but turning to other alternatives that they felt they needed to go to. Uh, but guys, I want to stop there and, and, uh, and get to a news story that just hit, which is uh, a, another company we've covered fairly closely, which is eBay. Uh, Devin Wenig stepping down Ouch. as the company's CEO. They name uh, um, uh, they name um, Scott Schenkel. He's been the senior vice president, chief financial officer, as interim chief executive officer. Remember. Uh, eBay uh, has Elliott. They're involved. They're on the board. They uh, had initiated already the strategic review of, of uh, key units, including classifieds and most, most significantly StubHub, which Jim has thought is a, has significant value. Yes. They've been moving forward with that, is my right, understanding. Right. Um, not clear here exactly, unfortunately, because not a chance to really talk to anybody uh, since it's just hit, as to why Mr. Wenig is stepping down, given it did appear, at least, that they were moving in the direction that the, the activists, well, they'd already right. gotten board representation. Um, and all they say is they'll conduct a search, they'll continue to focus on strategic plan and product initiatives at eBay. Um, and Mr. Wenig is uh, no longer going to be president, CEO, or director. He's out. He's out. Wow. He's really out. Yeah, just see you later. Jeez, he's out. out. Yeah. That is incredible. How about the fact that, that they're going after Hemier? And uh, that Elliot's just on Marathon Peach. Did you see that? I did. All I guns. Did. Elliot, training on him. Elliot between AT&T and then Marathon, where they showed up three years ago asking for a split into three. The company initiated an, uh, a review, but they feel like now perhaps that review was not as fulsome as it should have oh, been. They come back three years point. later. They said... Basically, Gary, the CEO, to all intents and purposes, looked like he was going to adopt the Elliott plan to split up while he was talking about buying Endeavor. While he was talking about buying a huge refiner, the opposite 
of what Elliot thought they had. And I want, we want to get to marathon. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it is. But no, I know when we need Let's, to spend, spend yeah, so, more time. Uh, you know, Jim, Jim, I, I long history as a journalist. He was there for about four years. Took over, of course, for John Donahoe. Right. ServiceNow, Service CEO, now. Uh, who fought off Carl Icahn, but split the company into PayPal and eBay. And, you know, the, the, the key marketplace has, has been doing, I mean, they're not changing their, uh, they've reaffirmed their full-year guidance, guys. Um, organic FX <laughs> neutral revenue growth of 2 to 3%, non-GAAP EPS growth uh, of 270 to 270, or not growth, but EPS of, oh, it says oh. growth here, 270 to 275. Typo, guys, check your... Uh, Check your uh, David. In both these cases, press release. there's something con- uh, commonality between a marathon peep and eBay. Both of the CEOs said there's an ongoing review. The ongoing review looks to be a stone wall of Elias. It's taken a long time. Right? eBay has moved. I mean, when you spoke to a, when you spoke glacial to, pace, but it's moved. It's glacial's right. You know what you cause when? It, do you know what it's caused when a glacier a glacier fall, falls? Calves off. Yeah. Well, they calved Elliot. Yeah. That's a new term I've just developed. The Ellie got calved. Well, they're coming back. Yeah, um, they are. There's, there's more to this. I mean, I, the know, eBay stock has kind of been... Don't let the door hit you out. You're going to hit you on the yes, way out? Yes, thing? yes, it is. It's not an elegant retirement. It was like when, ha- when, end of the when year Tom Hagen was, like was told to go back. Yeah. Remember when Tom Hagen was told to go back? I was just thinking what a week it's been for the CEOs of... WeWork, eBay, Jewel, oh, Volkswagen, Comscore, and Nissan. Jim, that's, that's just this week. Of which, wow. by the way, Volkswagen is the worst. Wow. Because that was manipulation. They nailed those guys. That is a huge slate of people who did not do what we thought they'd do. Call call. What do you do at eBay? Is, you want to call Devin? I'm going to call Devin. Devin's always, he's always takes your call. Yeah. I got him on speed dial. Might as well see what you got him on speed. I got him on speed dial. My executive producer once called him my mistake. Uh, we got some breaking news on Boeing as well this morning. Let's get to Phil LeBeau in Chicago. Morning, Phil. Good morning, Carl. Remember about five months ago when the Boeing Board of Directors, as the 737 MAX situation was unfolding, they said, look, we're going to have a, a committee formed on the Board of Directors to analyze our safety practices. Well, they have now decided they will have a permanent safety committee on the Board of Directors. And not only that, but in the future, when directors are chosen, safety and an experience in safety-related matters will be one of the criteria for choosing directors in the future. That was one of the criticisms. The company also out this morning with a whole list of suggestions from the safety committee that may be implemented. We're not going to run down all of them. There's an article up on CNBC.com which is outlining those. Guys, don't forget, we are coming up to that critical point of the year, the fourth quarter. This is when Dennis Mullenberg says the MAX will be recertified and flying again. We'll see, because we're almost here, and this is the time when we'll see if it actually does uh, get certified and is back in the air. All right, Phil, important uh, on Boeing. Phil, let me ask you, I know you're not the stock guy, but Phil, this stock has reflected, you've been unbelievable in the reporting of it, and it just seems that there is just this inevitable, ineluctable approval coming down the road, because this is one of the strongest stocks in the market. There is, I gotta believe, an undercurrent from the Gary Kellys of the world that we'll be back in the air with this, and it may be back in the air by the end of 2019. Am I being too optimistic with that narrative? 
No, because I think if you listen to the commentary, uh, whether it's from the new head of the FAA, whether it's from those in the uh, airline industry, CEOs, uh, whether it's Gary Kelly, Oscar Munoz, the expectation is, at least in North America, that the MAX will be flying by the end of the year. Now, are they too optimistic? That's going to be the, the, the big question here, uh, Jim. But uh, I think that most people believe this plane is close to recertification. doesn't mean it's going to happen next month. But they do believe that by the end of the year, they will get this back in the air, at least in North America. Europe, China, that's a different beast altogether. may take longer. Wow. As we're talking, Phil, Jim tweets, Boeing is a buy. Absolutely. I have been watching everything that Phil says like a hawk. And this is the beginning, with the stock crossing 380, of a recognition that this thing is going to be with us. I understand Phil's absolutely right. Phil, the foreign FAAs can do what they want. But this right. plane, once it's in the air, is, it's going to be in the air everywhere. I think this is a very big, your story is getting to make me feel like this thing is going to be something we're going to forget about 18 months from now, because Boeing is being incredibly responsible, and I think they're doing great things. That is my view. I may be alone, but I think Boeing is doing this thing right, Phil, really right Keep here. in mind, Jim, the, the key here is that they are likely not going to have to drop production any further They plan to ramp up production early next year, and you know that is the key here. If you haven't lost a lot of the uh, backlog, which they haven't, and you can ramp up production, there is potentially the chance to make this all up in terms of that backlog by the end of, let's say, 2021, mid to late 2021, in terms of those delayed deliveries. And when I, when I talk about, Phil, when I talk about with big portfolio managers about this, what they realized was that Boeing stock was incredibly undervalued going into this because they may have the longest runway. No one else is coming in against them. They have an unbelievable safety record. They stumbled here. They finally came clean, whatever it was. I think the FAA actually hold them up. And when this comes back, it is going to help the GDP. And you're going to see people say, I must own this stock because it's got the best 10-year trajectory of any major industrial. And you've got to admit, uh, Phil, nobody said that Boeing is not going to be used beginning 2020. I've not heard a single bad word about what's going to happen with Boeing. We haven't seen the order cancellations, Jim. That's been the key. And look at that backlog. It remains, you know, what, about 4,400 planes, 4,500 planes in terms of the max? Wow. Never saw a reduction in backlog. What does that say about that great American company? Thank you, Phil. Thank you for telling it like it is the whole darn way. All right, we'll watch that. Um, In the meantime, we'll get Kramer's Matt Dash countdown to the opening bell. Take another look here at the pre-market as uh, we continue to pay attention to the president at the U.N. uh, this week. More Squawk on the Street from the NYSE straight ahead. Every day. Thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Shehi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Welcome back to Squawk in the Street. We're going to get to a mad dash. Now we've got about 10 minutes before we get started with trading here on uh, what we like to call hump day. We spent some time dealing with Elliot this morning. Elliot yeah. Management, of course, the act 
activist fund. They do a lot of other things run by Paul Singer. Jesse Cohn runs their activist practice. AT&T, Marathon, and now eBay. All this Mr. morning. Cohn is on the board uh, of eBay. And Devin Wenig, the CEO, out. Now, this is unbelievable. Because when we speak to Devin, he was, to me, told, again, like, like when Alcoa yeah. met with Elliot. We're really much more aligned. They right. always say that to us, David. Well, we're Marathon Pete. We're really aligned. David, unless it's aligned like Invisalign, I am taking a harder line. Well, what is, uh, I think I've always noted is sort of a, uh, a characteristic of many of these activists, particularly the successful ones, they're relentless. And that's something AT&T, by the way, right. is probably going to want to keep in mind as well. Because it's not just once, it's goes on and on. And here, Jim, it seems as though the board was simply unhappy, as best I can tell, uh, with the performance of the marketplace. Yeah. It wasn't the about numbers weren't actually, good. It wasn't actually about the numbers moving, weren't good. moving the uh, process along faster in terms of potential sale of classifieds or stub right. That's moving along. It was really about the performance of well, marketplace the and the feeling that Mr. Wenig was not getting it done there. In the when you look business. at what Shopify is doing, you know, the comps are hard to find. But, you know, when you look at uh, Shopify, when you look at Etsy, you know, Mercado, Libra, this company was underperforming, underperforming, underperforming. Devin Winnick, David, to his credit, always said, listen, I'm trying to turn it. And he's instituted yes. a lot of things. I could argue that maybe it just can't be turned. But I also could argue that it was not executing at the highest level. And that's the question. Can it or can it not like be? Like ATT. And are they going to have better execution with the new CEO? They've, they're conducting a search. They're, of course, saying the CFO will take over for now, and everybody's happy about that. The stock's down a little bit, but David, uh, Jim. But could you explain to people at home that Elliott does, is not some sort of fly-by-night outfit, that the work they do when you read it is the most in-depth? They do a lot of work. Um, they aren't always right in terms of at least identifying a lot of upside in their potential candidates. Sometimes things work against them. Well, I mean, remember the battle in Hess? But well, you know what? You can't I, fight the commodity. I profiled that on Mad Money. And you know what? We spoke together and they walked me through it. And they're, yes, you couldn't fight the commodity, but their work was impeccable. And I, frankly, I was blown away by the work. And I admitted, I said, you know what? Wow. I thought I did a lot of work on this. You outworked me. But at least I got the commodity right. You got it wrong. Uh, well, speaking, but ever since we have a good relationship. Speaking of Elliot, you and I will get to marathon on the other yeah, side of this. Break. David, this uh, is called a reverse head and shoulders. This uh, thing could go through the roof. Okay, okay and I, I had Proctor, I had David Taylor last week, so I know what a head and shoulders you do is. Well, you don't need it. We're back after this. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. 
That's yahoofinance.com. You're watching CNBC Squawk on the Street, live from the financial capital of the world, the opening bell in uh, three and a half minutes. Obviously, a busy Wednesday morning, Jim. Uh, we've covered uh, Jewel Altria. Uh, I haven't touched on Nike yet, though. Mark Parker last night, uh, it, it was not just a clinic. It, it was perhaps one of the, the great explanations of how to do business in, in a crazy world, whether it be tariffs, whether it be gross margins, whether it be China, whether it be dealing with brands, whether it be using artificial intelligence, whether it be using machine learning. I suggest that anyone who wants to be in business, get in business, you start this morning by reading this. I, actually, I wouldn't do what he did. I think he gave away too much to everybody else because it was that brilliant. And uh, this man is fighting every single global tide and winning because they work harder and they're ingenious. By the way, the Jordans, how do the Jordans have the best year ever? Do these people even know who Jordan is? Many of the people who bought Jordans were not alive when Michael Jordan played. This Mark Parker, plus he's just so humble. I mean, people are jealous of I interviewed Bob Iger the other day. Don't be jealous of Iger. Be, be jealous of, of Parker because this man is ex- executing at a level that shoe dog, that, that Buck Knight has to be proud of. Uh, Jim calls it a clinic, uh, these Nike results. And uh, online was strong, upbeat oh. business in China. This is what Mark Parker said about China on last night's call. In China specifically, we continue to extend Nike's lead. In our key cities of Beijing and Shanghai, we serve a generation of digital-first consumers, and we support their love of sport by helping to grow participation through grassroots programs. As I've said before, Nike is a brand of China for China, and the results continue to prove it out. We've driven double-digit growth in greater China every quarter for more than five years. So as we said, set to open it at all-time high. Cowan goes to 103. Yes. Jeffries goes to 97. Is that too modest? No, not at all. And I think that when you uh, think about what they're doing, remember what their biggest thing is, the Olympics. So you've got between now and next year to get in this. And they talk about that, the Olympic roadmap and how important it is. Uh, they are operating on, at a level that I think people don't understand. They are riding every single wave. Now, look, on a smaller scale, Lululemon is too. Uh, this is about wellness. It's about wellness for people who are in great shape, not in great shape. The Chinese government regards them as integral in trying to keep their country in shape. Uh, they had great numbers in Europe. I, I don't know. I saw no. I saw no flaw. I mean, this is not one of those to be sure we screwed up here. The, the gross margins were up big. They also, I mean, everyone seems to struggle with direct to, to consumers, not them. The only thing that was interesting was that they said they get along well with Amazon. But they think that their relationship with China online, Tmall, is fantastic. Singles Day, they think, is going to be a gigantic day for them. That's November 11th. This was beautiful. I'm going to sleep with this call tonight like a lovey blanket. <laughs> Let's get the opening bell here in the S&P 500 at the CNBC Real-Time Exchange. And the big board, it is Global Citizen, a movement with the goal of ending extreme poverty by 2030. At the Nasdaq, Exelon, the nation's largest generator of carbon-free energy. So, is the run that Under Armour had over? Uh, Are we done talking about Adidas being cooler? I think that you have to read through and think that Adidas is not cooler on the European side because they directly say, and we're taking share in Europe. 
Uh, Under Armour remains a, conflu- a convoluted story uh, because you can't keep up with the product. One of the things that Nike's doing that you're seeing with a lot of the great ones, they have so much firepower that they can spend anything on, on, on product. I think that Converse is doing better than Under Armour with a high single digits. Converse is kind of thrown away in the conference call. It's very hard to compete these days with the guys who have enough money to be able to master supply chain and master artificial intelligence. I always thought this would happen at a certain point. The big guys would become unassailable. Nike has the firepower to have the best product and to have an unbelievable read on the consumer. Wow. Uh, 5%, almost a 6% gain here. Far and away the best Dow component. This thing could be up 10. I mean, this is like when Estee Lauder reported um, do you want to talk a little bit more about Marathon and Elliott there? Yeah, actually, I do. I've got I my homework. Take a look at it. This is a $38 billion company, of course. Right. Uh, retail, midstream, refining. Uh, uh, three years ago, roughly, uh, Elliott uh, came at them, um, tried to have them split the company. They undertook a review. They decided not to do so. Uh, and uh, now Elliott's coming back uh, at them. Uh, I should tell you, by the way, I think the uh, nominating window for directors here is open, uh, or not yet open, but will close in early to mid-December, which is important. It's Marathon Pete, not Marathon Oil. Right, right. That's the wrong one. Please put the right one up, guys. MPC. MPC. This is M-O, this is is the wrong symbol. Don't want to get them Um, confused. So let's do that. Let's get rid of that. Thank you. Uh, MPC, Marathon Petroleum. Um, and so they're back again, asking again for the retail company to become a standalone. Speedway is the, is the name they operate under. People may know that. Which is worth a lot of money. Would be, they say, the largest U.S. listed convenience store operator. Midstream would become a standalone MPLX, top five U.S. midstream operator, and then a refining company, they say, should new marathon. Of course, they think this could unlock as much as $22 billion in value. Now, Remember, of course, we talked about Hess during your Mad Dash. That yes. Elliot did force the sale of Hess stations to MPC, which turned out to be a gold mine yeah. for MPC. Absolutely. Uh, where Elliot was involved in Hess at the time. Uh, and, of course, they said Hess was worth a lot more than it ended up being. But then they did have success in the Permian and Guiana over at uh, Hess. I want to add one more thing when it comes to Marathon Petroleum. There it is, up over 5% which is, Jim, that I'm, I'm also hearing some other large funds are involved, including D.E. Shaw, uh, the large hedge okay. fund, which has taken a bit to activism uh, of late. You may remember they were in Lowe's. Remember right. that? Uh, they, I, I, I believe, also own a stake similar in size to that of uh, Elliott and are predisposed to the same thoughts, which are that this is a company that is worth more broken up than it is together. So I did want to add that. Uh, Elliot um, owns a similar side stake, right. I'm told, and uh, is supportive of, uh, of Elliot's view. David, what's really important to me is on page three of their presentation, which is called Remaking Marathon. They use this, and this is really very tough language, disingenuous speedway review. It appears that the full and thorough review, which they agreed to do with Elliot, was never serious. Marathon was already nearly six months into the process of acquiring Endeavor. They dissembled. According to Elliot, that's what Elliot in the meantime, Marathon of uh, this MPLX, it yields 8, 8.9 because all that group is still very out of favor. But this reads as an indictment of the management team for agreeing with Elliot at the same time trying to buy an endeavor. 
and, uh, and again, I think it's important to point out here, they're not going to be alone in this, at, at the uh, very least joined by another large hedge fund, which has shown an interest in some activism and other investors. Perhaps, that's why NPC is well. correct to go, be up. Yeah. And Elliot is going to get its. Elliot's furious about this. There may be a board meeting at NPC either today or very soon. Um, Gary. And there is a belief they've been a poor allocator of capital. Well, it, it is important to point this out that he came on Mad Money and came in with the. You had the CEO. Yeah, and he basically about, right? said, listen, Elliot, we were way ahead. I'm doing the same stuff, a lot of agreement. This, this idea of saying you agree with Elliot and then not growing with Elliot, memo to CEOs. They have a memory at Elliott. You can't just give them the Heisman. They're thorough. Stanky today talking about DirecTV I'm, I'm not being... Glad you, you went right there, and I was about to make that move. What are we doing? High-fiving? No, it's Mind Mill. Oh, Mind Mill. <laughs> Save the whales? Did you see that? Or are you really in the one that was just the Wrath of Khan where I put the earwig in your head? I like them all. Okay, good. Yeah, I like them, especially back to the old the show itself. But AT&T is worth mentioning. We haven't, you know, here it is. This is the biggest activist battle that we have seen in a very yes. long time. Yes. Now, you describe it as a battle, of course. There may be some constructive dialogue between Elliot and Randall Stevenson, but John Stanky, maybe he's not on board yet because... Well, first of all, he confirms what we reported last week, right. which is after the Wall Street Journal said they're thinking about doing something with DirecTV, he comes out in an interview with the Wall Street Journal, Mr. Stanky, who runs, of course, uh, is going to be the COO at this company, okay. runs Warner, and says, uh, DirecTV is an important part of what we're going to be going forward, and we're not doing anything with it, which, of course, is what I did, said that day when the Journal did that strange story. Um, but Stanky also sort of saying, you know what, things aren't as bad at DirecTV as some people think. And uh, and what does he base that on? Yeah, well, you know, losses per share. I'm not quite sure. I'm not subscriber quite sure. losses per share. Says in areas where there's actually access to broadband via uh, UVerse via the AT&T product, they hold on to their consumers. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, but um, we all know, of course, how quickly uh, Directv has been losing. This man sounds like he, could this man be off the reservation? I don't know. I don't think that's necessarily a fair characterization. Okay, good. But right. he is a very uh, directed and well, I, don't, um, I only mention it because I think when you read between the lines of the Elliott presentation, I don't think they were that thrilled about Stanky's move up. No, I think that's become, correct on that. I think that's become one of the focuses of this, uh, and and we'll see where it ends up. I think Mr. Stevenson's comments at the Goldman conference last week were somewhat encouraging for Elliott, and I think Mr. Stanky's comments in this interview with the Wall Street Journal less so. Right. Well, you know, That's Anthony so. Noda was on this we'll morning. See. I keep thinking about Sounds when like there was a chance for uh, Twitter was getting all this NFL programming. Everyone's very, seems to you know, both uh, Bob Iger and uh, Mark Benioff, very happy in the end they walked away from Twitter. I've got, to, I've got to tell you, this could have been the end of DirecTV had they just pursued the Noda strategy for NFL. So I've got to, uh, David, I think DirecTV may be a cash cow, but that cash cow is not going to be milked forever. It can't be milked forever. Right. It's a wasting asset, too. Yes, it is. And, I mean, you and I have talked about the future. There's, there's a, a diverse set of opinion on AT&T. There's a reason why it is still one of the least owned, owned amongst active right. managers in terms of its weighting in the S&P versus what it actually is, is it less owned. So, and it's interesting that Apple's right up overall. there, too, right? It is interesting, Apple. Some of the greatest there's stocks, no concern Apple, about their ability to ATT, they're under-owned. And, you know, I, this is incredible to me how the money managers could be so wrong. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're watching all of these. And Elliot is involved in three of the stories. To, well, AT&T's an ongoing story. eBay, of course, Mr. Wedding, 
gone as CEO, right. replaced by the CFO, search underway. I didn't see that coming. Um, no. I didn't, I didn't see that coming I if he did. Well, I don't know. We got him on speed dial. Did you get him? I was calling, I did, calling I, Wenig when he was calling I Wenig. Call, I think I got him. I, I got David. Mr. Wenig for comment and, and did, not get, uh, did not reach him. This stuff is incredible. I mean, you have, at a time when so many stocks are at a high, if you don't get your stock up, Elliot will. If Elliot thinks you're not doing the right thing. Well, they don't, you know, like a lot of these, they don't typically go to proxy fights very often. Can't, when was the last proxy fight that Elliot did? It's been a while. No, they have to. But, you know, the other oil stock that they do not MPC, but Occidental keeps coming up. As Occidental's apparently firing people left and right, trying to justify this Anadarko, uh, I think that at a certain point, Ms. Holub is going to have to come on. Because that one is also considered Vicky Holub to be has an open a bridge too far. To join us. Well, Carl Icahn did reduce his stake. I don't know if you saw that. It's all 20% well, of I mean, his stock. I would reduce my stake in a heartbeat. I don't, but I don't like any of the competitors, too. I don't want, any, I don't want Devin. I don't want Apache. I don't want Simrex. These are all awful. Well, uh, he got oil down a uh, buck and a half as uh, these reports that Aramco is pretty much back on track and restoring oh, production. Wait. Brent is basically back to where it was prior to the attack, maybe a couple bucks higher. Did you see the UC system yesterday devoted to divest all of their fossil fuels? That is what's going to happen. That is the big move that you're going to see. I was involved with the divestiture at Harvard for uh, companies that were involved with South with South Africa. It, it, it was lightning. We got rid of those stocks like this oh, yeah. because we started realizing that they underperformed the averages so you could do well and do good. And that's going to happen to the oil companies, and it's happening right now. El Arian's been tweeting some charts of ESG funds basically under management. I mean, the chart does not lie. No. It's no. definitely going in one direction, in and that's up. Yes. And where it's, um, I, that is to... Something we talk about, but it's such a, an enormous, important change. I go on it. I, I talk about it all the time. You should check Mad Money. I, yeah, we do it. It's called it Impact Per Share, IPS. Um, the ESG I mean, funds, six o'clock. the fact that six, millennials six are now moving yeah. into their own and really want these things is going to fundamentally change the approach for asset allocators and the companies. I keep waiting for the big oil company, one of the big ones, to finally say, okay, we're all in on like on solar or whatever. Remember and when Exxon went all in on like Videx or like computers? Been, you know, I think is shell. thought of as most likely. They're going to go into all the, like, be Unilever? They're going to switch to be, they're both Anglo-Dutch companies. Uh, I think happen. that, I, I think our words. younger viewers want this. They want us to talk about this. They don't want us to just say, look, I think that Take-Two is a great company. They, they want to be able, they want to grill strauss Zelnick on whether video games are bad. Now, fortunately, there's enough data and Strauss Selig showed it over and over again that they're not. Right. But, uh, one thing but that is like bad that. is tobacco, but uh, we got to follow right. it anyway, Jim. Altria is only up less than a percent this after well, the deal. Well, they're still stuck with Jewel. To merge. Remember, the economics were going to be roughly 59% ownership uh, in the combined company by Philip Morris International, 41% by Altria shareholders, right. though they were going to split the board split duties in terms of management. So socially, it was going to be a so-called merger of equals. Economically, not as much. It's not happening, at least any time soon. They both not talk because of, yield, because of the concern about the bans on vaping, not necessarily because of the economic interest that, Phil, that uh, excuse me, Altria holds in, um, in Juul, which we spent a lot of time talking about, but more so because it muddies the the view of the future that these two companies wanted to take as they got together to focus on innovation and what they could do to replace what is, thankfully, a rapidly declining group of people who smoke. Thankfully. See, you two are not objective. <laughs> <laughs> You're not neutral. Listen, I never this. smoked, thankfully. 
Don't Nobody in my family did. There's no vaping that I'm well, aware of. Well, you're very of. lucky. Because oh, I'm kind of it, aware of it, but you stopped. You see it in your family, you're just aghast. But people get hooked. They Jim, can't get off. Really quick, we mentioned Nike before, but Evercore goes to 150. I, that's got to be a street high. 72% implied upside. I'll go to 151. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, Nike was unbelievable. Parker was incredible. The stock should be up more than four, but we have this environment. You know, we haven't mentioned this thing that's going on in Washington, this impeachment thing. Which, of course, I'm being a little it's been so nice. We haven't mentioned impeachment or we work. Because I'm busy trying to make. We're trying to make oh new news. We're trying to make money for people rather than just you know castigate this or that. But I have to tell you that if that if you didn't, you have a PE lowering event going on in Washington. But yeah. Nike triumphs over all. Nike, like at one point, they say, "Look, this is our last bad quarter for tariffs. We've ameliorated tariffs." Who are those guys? It is like Butch and Sundays here. Well, we're going to wait to see how this goes down with Abe today, whether or not these, this promise for no auto tariffs is, uh, can be put in writing the way the Japanese want. You have long said we're headed to auto tariffs with the EU. Oh, yeah. That's the other big. And then the China, the three big silos of trade. Well, President hasn't picked a fight lately with Germany. I know there's no friend. I mean, look, I think that last week I interviewed Speaker Pelosi. I had high hopes. For the new NAFTA, so to speak, U.S. Does it sound like though that there's a chance I, I that, that could be may... derailed even yeah. from a week ago. High hopes to like low hopes. Meantime, you have this GM strike. You know that's a major American company. I mean, this is a big walkout. Yeah. Why isn't GM stock going down more? I'll tell know. you why. You're, you're because, tell me because why? I'm I'm going right now from hold to sell GM. Nobody else will. Wait, I'll so do you're it. saying it should go down? You yeah. don't know why it should not. go down to six percent. Yeah, it should go down. The problem is it yields at five. I mean, the PE is five. Yields four point four. But how, how in heck can Ford yield more? Well, the answer is GM is more profitable. But I would sell GM here right now, right here. I would get out of it because I think that they don't have any, they can't win here. They're boxed. The union's got them. The union has them. I don't know what GM's going to do. Mary Barra, come on, talk to Phil. Talk to Phil. Talk to Phil. Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil. He is. He's a doctor of automobiles. Makes you more money than the other trains, Anything that moves, he's a doctor of. He's like the best there is. Oh, man, you know, we have to move on. But I'm going to praise Phil again. I, I, Before, I got someone telling me i got to move on. I'm not. Praise Phil LeBeau is the man. Yes. And I want to know right now. I want him to get to Mary Barr because, boy, they, they are in trouble. Uh, I strike does go on. Uh, thank you, Nike, though. Uh, Dow's up 58. Let's get to the uh, Bob Pisani. Bob? Thanks very much for Nike. Indeed, Carl. Uh, Dow's up, but ha- almost half of that is due to Nike, about 30 points in the Dow's gain here. Mixed trading, though. It's very indeterminate day here. This is one of the uh, days where you can't make a lot of conclusions. Consumer staples, retails up a little bit. Uh, banks up a little bit. Utilities are unchanged. Healthcare are unchanged. But the trend really in the last couple of weeks has been away from those value stocks, those value names that we had. Remember the big rally we saw a few weeks ago uh, in uh, retail and banks and industrials and energy stocks? That's kind of faded in the last couple of weeks. These all had a great start to the month of September and basically have faded. And instead, we've gotten a little more defensive, not so much today, but utilities, for example, uh, are back essentially at historic highs. You put up the utility index. That briefly dropped in the early part of September, and now it's essentially uh, back towards historic highs. And there you see looking at that. Where the thing a little bit alarming to me, IPO market really got slammed in the last couple of days, particularly yesterday. Remember the IPO ETF, big, big gainer 
all throughout the year, up 30%. It's now back toward the lows, going back to the early part of February, essentially. And yesterday, some of the recent IPOs, some of the big software IPOs, really got slammed. So we had uh, some of those early ones uh, down, but uh, we had Lyft hitting a new low, Slack hitting a new low, uh, Smile Direct was down 14%. This is for the week, by the way, here. Lyft, we mentioned yesterday, new low. Uh, Slack also hitting a new low, bouncing a little bit better today, but you want to keep an eye on that because that's a good indication of overall market sentiment. So we've got some big IPOs coming up. You all know about Peloton, what's going on there. Nothing has essentially trained, uh, changed. The term's still there, 40 million shares, 26 to 29. That hasn't changed. And, of course, we're waiting for that to price uh, on Thursday, pricing tonight. We also have Endeavor Group be down here on Friday. Should price tomorrow. That's the uh, essentially the old William Morris company. Uh, that's terms have also been the same. 19.4 million shares. That's for Endeavor. If you could put that up at 30 to 32 dollars, and uh, again. Still hasn't changed there. Finally, just want to comment on WeWork and the impact on IPOs down the road. WeWork is essentially an ESG company, ESG-related, environmental, social, and governance. This has been a big, big topic these days uh, amongst uh, the IPO groups. And uh, this is all a governance issue with WeWork here. It has to do with leadership, pay, voting rights, shareholder rights overall. A lot of this debate about WeWorks is exactly that part, that G part of governance. So ESG is becoming a very big term out there. You can see the impact. Some very interesting work today done by New Street Research talking about the whole ESG or the governance part of that and how it might impact other unicorns that are out there. If you just take a look here at that, we're talking about positive impact on unicorns here. If you put that up for the implications of that, they were talking about, this is New Street, maybe less centralized governance out there for unicorns out there, more balanced growth profile, more interest in shareholder, stakeholder rights in general. That's that whole ESG platform. My point here is this whole WeWork mess could turn out to be very, very positive for all those people who are trying to move corporations more towards that ESG platform, more socially, environmentally responsible. So good may come out of this uh, in the long run. Right now, the Dow essentially is flat. Carl, back to you. All right, Bob, thank you. Let's get to the bond pits as well. And Rick Santelli at the CME in Chicago. Hey, Rick. Good morning, Carl. You know, I've had so many people on as guests, and so is, of course, CNBC, regarding what happened on September 16th when funding seemed to have dried up and a thirst for liquidity zoomed. Most I talked to think, ah, it was just kind of a one-off. It's not that big a deal. Confluence of a bunch of factors, the perfect storm. But yet, if the 16th of September represented a light thirst that should have been quenched, boy, there's gallons and gallons more of liquidity that have been going down with regard to the ongoing thirst. Another operation again today, uh, $75 billion, and another time it was oversubscribed to, uh, $91 billion submitted. What does it all mean? I can't tell you exactly what it means, and there's been a lot of other things going on since the 16th, but let's start a 10-year chart at the 16th. Everything has been very soft in the fixed income side on interest rates here and abroad since it occurred. And if you open the chart up, you could see that yesterday we settled at a two-week low. And it certainly seems as though we're not getting a huge bounce, although parallel shift today, all maturities down one basis point. Sometimes when that happens in the morning, it's a clue. Maybe things are reversing a bit on the most recent short-term trend. If you look at Boone since August 1st, same scenario, and do keep in mind, Minus 71 is their all-time low closing yield as we get ever closer. If we look at the dollar index, start it on the 16th. It's been mostly sideways, but it is 
higher. And most thought that if this thirst uh, was satisfied, that the dollar should pay the price or ongoing operations, the dollar would be softer. That doesn't seem to be happening either. As a matter of fact, where it's sitting right around 98 and three quarters, we're only a quarter cent away from fresh 728 month highs on a closing basis. Finally, the dollar versus yuan. This is since September 1st. You see basically that lower, the dollar now is creeping up again. Guess what? That's September 16th as well. Carl, David, Jim, back to you. Thank you. When we come back, former Health and Human Services Secretary Kathleen Sebelius will join us. We'll get a reaction to Philip Morris and Altria ending their merger talks, the Juul CEO stepping down, and of course the crackdown on vaping products. S&P's gone red. Still a lot of data coming uh, housing-wise, uh, and we'll get an auction as well. More Squawk of the Street is uh, continuing in a moment. Welcome back. Busy uh, news morning, uh, led by, in fact, something certainly unexpected, that the departure of uh, eBay CEO Devin Wenig stepping down as the company's president and CEO immediately replaced by the CFO. A search for a new successor uh, commences as well. Trying to understand exactly what was behind this earlier, I had reported some frustration on the part of uh, some board members, according to people familiar with the situation and the lack of progress of the marketplace business. Although it is worth mentioning that, you know, over the last two quarters, the marketplace business has shown some growth. Uh, and the stock has also had a very good year as well. I'm also hearing subsequently, uh, guys, that there also may have been uh, a lot of uh, dispute uh, over the future of the classifieds business. We know StubHub is going to mo- likely be sold, right. but Mr. Wenig was in favor, uh, I'm told, of keeping classifieds. Other members of the board wanted it sold, and apparently that led to a, a, a significant amount of disagreement. Uh, the feeling being attributed to him is, hey, you know, he's not going to stand by over the disbursement of the entire company here. Uh, and at the same time, other board members feeling strongly the classified should be sold to the point where apparently it made it very difficult for him to lead. And now he is gone. It's just amazing because this was one of those where I thought he was doing a pretty good job in the end. He was really listening. But, but you know, I wanted to. Absolutely. I just felt that stuff up was worth a lot more than everybody, including with Devin. But, yeah. Yeah. Got to stay on this story. It's a big story. Uh, another story that we have to focus on is Cintas. The stock is up 13. Why? Because they were allowed, our, the federal government, in all its great wisdom, was allowing them to, to merge with their biggest competitor, G&K. And ever since then, it's just been on, a house on fire. Uh, it's a uniform company. And by the way, their first aid business is doing very well. Uh, it's a very good gauge of small, medium-sized business, uh, which is doing better in an era when people are getting very depressed. Uh, yes, indeed. We can keep our eyes peeled for reasons why. Yeah, yeah. And I've got Twilio on tonight. Now, this stock has been in Jeff Lawson. This is like many of the high multiple stocks. They go, they go down pretty much every day. And uh, there's going to be an opportunity, maybe not yet, but we're going to talk to them. And Appeal is a private company. I'm trying to stay up on natural, organic, and all the things that, that matter in this new age to millennials, including not dying of cigarettes. That's one of them. Yeah. It's a long list. It's I, also saving the planet. I, look, I, I want to save the of, planet. Watch, watch Carl's documentary. Can you get it online? Are you able to see that documentary? It changed my mind. I was trying so hard to see the rationale, and I saw the rationale, but it wasn't the one I expected. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Edinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.